Welcome to the 10th episode of the AI Healthcare Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Reed, and today we are joined with my friend, Manuel Matola, who's on a mission to normalize AI in pharma marketing and sales. Thank you for being here, Manuel. My pleasure, Dylan. Thank you very much for the, for the invitation. Happy to be here with you. Of course, same here. And what made you realize that AI in healthcare was the field for you? Well, that, that's a very good question uh, because uh, um, I, I started working with the AI uh, a few years ago, uh, and uh, it was um, back to 2019 when uh, I first uh, published a, um, a contribution to a book that, uh, by the way, it became Amazon bestseller in Italy for uh, for a while, and it was AI uh, for um, for marketing. And uh, and basically, I suddenly felt in love, let's say, with uh, with this new technology. First of all, because of its uh, because of its potential. From the very beginning, it was clear that it was a big change, because of course, it was uh, introducing something that was usually belonging to the to the human being. So it was something related to the core business, let's say, of the of the human brain. And uh, if I think about uh, my journey into the pharmaceutical industry that started that started back to 2015, so uh, I mean a few years ago, let's say, uh, I started with the, the classical digital marketing. I started uh, uh, working with uh, you know the search engine optimization. I started with the, the email, the website, all the already now nowadays classical stuff. But of course, there was always uh, the need of uh, finding the right channel, the right mix, uh, the right content. Uh, and there was uh, a production of, of a massive amount of, of data. But then the problem was how to, how to use all this data, how to make sure that uh, uh, we were leveraging on the, let's say, on, the, on this great research. And AI came into the scene and provided uh, and provided an answer so i started working on the on the ai for this reason because the the impact that uh, the ai promised at those time and that we are seeing today mm -hmm. was something that uh, uh, made me feel uh, uh, very interested and very mm -hmm. let's say excited about uh, about this technology because uh, at the end of the day uh, working into the pharmaceutical industry it means having a, a direct impact uh, on people lives mm -hmm. people uh, well-being and so increasing this potential uh, it means having a, a major impact that's the reason why uh, i decided to i mean to run with it uh, within this career mm -hmm. and pre-ai you know just to have some historical context mm -hmm. how are pharmaceutical products marketed uh, on the European continent, specifically in Italy? Yeah, b before the AI, uh, whenever it, it comes to, um, let's say, marketing uh, a, a new product in, uh, in Europe and, uh, let's say, in, in Italy, of course, there were uh, several steps. Uh, of course, you need the regulatory uh, approval uh, from EMA to IFA in Italy, for example, um, and then you have to pass through several uh, uh, several steps, and um, this is something that, uh, uh, of course, goes hand in hand 
with the, the company effort to, to bring the, the product to the, um, to the market uh, and ultimately uh, to physicians and to, and to patients. And uh, the steps are, uh, let's say, still the same somehow, pre and post AI, because of course, this is something that uh, uh, AI is very, very recent uh, technology. And these rules have, I mean, didn't change because of, because of AI. Of course, there are some changes, um, but what the AI did in terms of marketing a, a product was to help and support the, the companies in streamlining the, the processes. So mm -hmm. in AI is something that uh, increase a lot the productivity the, of the operation of a, of a company. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it is something that, uh, theoretically speaking, can also improve the speed of bringing that solution, bringing the drugs um, to, the final, uh, to the final users. Mm -hmm. So, let's say the steps are, are still the same. What is changed uh, is the, um, the productivity behind and so the speed of making this happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the last time we, we talked about it, I, I, I remember you were saying that each specific state in Italy kind of has their own regulatory procedures. Can you just elaborate on that? Yeah, basically uh, in Italy, um, of course, there is one uh, regulatory agency at national level. Uh, mm. What I was referring to, and uh, of course, I, I'm not, a, let's say, a, an expert of each singular uh, mm. regulation uh, um, in, uh, in Italy, but uh, in terms of uh, um, in terms of uh, uh, access, in terms of uh, um, let's say marketing of the of the drugs in Italy, we have to consider that there are slightly different regulations depending on the regions of uh, of um, of Italy, and of course this is something uh, uh, that uh, that is important when uh, a company wants to let's say uh, make a drug available in uh, in Italy mm -hmm. and. You know, it's kind of to broaden out kind of your uh, previous ideas. Could you just give us an overview of how AI adoption has been going in pharmaceuticals right now in Europe and kind of what has been the biggest delay so far from what you've seen? Yeah, I, I think the adoption of the AI uh, at the moment in Europe is uh, uh, is different from, uh, from the US because uh, I think it is a and that's my perception. Maybe I, I could be wrong, but I see it as a, a little bit slower in terms mm -hmm. of uh, in terms of adoption. Um, in in Europe, uh, I see an adoption that differs a lot depending on the company that it is behind. Of course, I cannot. I mean, I cannot say the, the name of the companies that I see uh, um, on one side or the other. But mm -hmm. I can tell you that there are major companies that are. Uh, let's say investing a lot that are uh, way advanced into the adoption of the of the ai uh, both in uh, r&d commercial operation uh, medical and they are sharing it and they are showing off that they are doing uh, great stuff there are companies that are for for example hiring uh, ai heads ai uh, specialists uh, into the commercial area and it means that they are investing a lot there. On the other side, uh, there are other companies that are lagging behind. And it reminds me a lot uh, when it was the, um, let's say the digital, uh, the digital 
area mm-hmm. uh, a few decades ago, let's say, uh, when uh, there were companies that uh, were just starting, some other more advanced, um, and, and so on. So I think in terms of market, uh, there is um, a, a broad heterogeneity in terms mm-hmm. of uh, um, companies, and it really depends on the company and the adoption is uh, is very is very different. Mm-hmm. And you know, kind of my last question is: How has GDPR kind of impacted your ability to positively showcase the benefit of AI in pharmaceutical marketing and sales? Yeah, uh, GDPR. Let's say when it comes to data uh, in, in Europe, is always uh, something that uh, has, has an impact. Of course, mm-hmm. I mean the privacy is of uh, people data is uh, critical, super important. Uh, and of course, let's say using the data, especially when it comes to uh, to the healthcare field, when it comes to the industry uh, I belong, uh, this kind of data must be super protected somehow. And of course, the GDPR is there to, to protect the privacy mm-hmm. of people and so on. Uh, of course, we have to consider that GDPR, uh, I mean, it's relatively new rule, let's mm-hmm. say, but it started in 2016. And uh, if you look at GDPR, uh, it is not even explicitly uh, mentioning the AI. So that's a, a regulation that uh, came uh, not before the AI, because it already exists, but came before uh, <clears throat> AI was uh, something broad broadly known and uh, and of course the gdpr is something that also is a uh, somehow a, a little bit v- vague you know on uh, mm-hmm. on the prescription it is uh, you can uh, also look at the gdpr the gdpr and uh, i mean start interpretation of the of the regulation um and so on and i can tell you usually speaking the the, the pharma companies are quite conservative and uh, risk adverse in uh, in Europe. And, and, and of course, uh, when it comes to protect uh, people's data, they are very uh, conservative. So they prefer to, let's say, interpret the GDPR in the most conservative uh, way. What does it mean? It means that uh, uh, if you look at the AI, of course, AI is a software on mm. one side, but it is a uh, also a lot data so if you uh, apply somehow a limitation on the uh, on the usage of this data of course you have uh, uh, an impact on uh, on that and uh, this is valid not only for uh, the pharma industries but it is valid for uh, across let's say this is valid across several uh, other industries and um, what you see in the us what you can do in, in the US is way different from what you can do into the into the European uh, uh, field. I'm very curious, let's say, um, to see the outcomes of the the other regulation that is uh, that is coming and that uh, started in back to 2021. That is the AI Act, and that's something that, uh, of course, Europe is uh, uh, leading the scene, leading the way, and mm-hmm. uh, it is expected. Uh, I mean to be released uh, soon. The idea, of course, to have this AI Act uh, finish it, complete it, and so on, 
it's something that uh, will have a major impact uh, on the on the usage uh, of AI. And here, I think Europe can play, um, let's say, an important role globally mm -hmm. in order to have, uh, let's say, a risk-based approach of the usage of the AI. Because, you know, the AI Act will uh, is uh, supposed to split the, the regulation depending on the risk level of the AI application. So there are certain application of AI that are uh, considered low risk and there are some other that are considered say unbearable risk to high risk like uh, for example uh, social proofing ai so to give a score to to you as for example as a as a citizen and uh, so that's a very high risk <clears throat> ai application so based on that uh, it will be very different uh, the regulation and i think it's a it's a, a very good approach. Personally, if I can, uh, let's say, share my two cents here on uh, on this uh, on this fact, I think that uh, taking into account the risk of an application and then apply the regulation, I think is a is a very good approach in order to avoid the on one side to miss the opportunity, and on the other side to be, let's say. Uh, not enough conservative for the application that, of course, uh, brings some risk because mm. AI treats data. Mm. That's and, a, and if you are treating data, of course, there are some risk associated with that. And what what has been like one trend that you have seen um, that's becoming kind of more popular or that's um, starting to get noticed in pharma marketing and sales uh, specifically? Yeah. I, I recently had a very interesting discussion uh, at a congress uh, where I was uh, moderating a session about uh, um, the usage uh, of uh, of AI uh, for um, let's say for commercial and marketing purposes, and I I have let's say um, a list of uh, of use cases that were the use cases that were most mentioned across the the industries and i can tell you there were a lot of representatives of very big and important companies even in the top 20 uh, pharma industry so uh, one thing that uh, was very uh, let's say uh, common and widely adopted is the so called next best action mm -hmm. that's um, you know um, somehow a recommendation system in order to let's say make sure that the marketing action the sales action are following uh, um, a specific path that is recommended by ai so the ai is analyzing the data and making sure that the, uh, the engagement with your customer with your uh, with the physician and so on is uh, aligned with the what is the best action in order to improve the experience then there is um, a lot of hype a lot of trends around the uh, digital assistant. Mm -hmm. So, you know, GTPT, ChatGPT uh, recently released, uh, OpenAI actually <laughs> recently released um, the new GPT function. And uh, uh, of course, it brings on the table the possibility to create uh, uh, customized uh, uh, digital assistants. And so that's another um, big thing that I saw on, on the table from many companies. Together with that, 
the personalized uh, content. That's another thing. Uh, I, I mean, I also heard about hyper-personalized uh, content, meaning that if we go on a website, I will see certain kind of content, you will see a different kind of content, and that's uh, quite powerful, you know, so it will be super tailored. And these are, let's say, the, the trends together with the um, automated, uh, um, let's say, tagging of content, uh, automated content creation, uh, um, chatbot, intern mainly for internal use, as, a, as you know, more conservative mm -hmm. approach, and then also chatbots open to the external public, either patients or uh, healthcare providers. So these are the, let's say, the use cases that I am heard the most. Mm -hmm. Awesome. No, that's great. And uh, where can people find you, uh, Manuel, to learn kind of more about you and kind of your mission to normalize AI pharma marketing and sales? Well, I, I publish a lot of content on uh, on my LinkedIn uh, uh, account. So let's say every day, almost every day, uh, I I study, uh, I test, and then I publish the results of the application uh, on my on my LinkedIn account. My focus is on uh, um, commercial and sales uh, uh, and marketing uh, areas application because you know uh, AI. Uh, is a is a very broad uh, topic is a very broad subject matter so of course i am not an expert of uh, molecule r and d uh, with ai so i'm a marketeer and i am using ai as a tool uh, mm. for um, for my for my work so mainly i publish on linkedin and then recently uh, i created a youtube account uh, mm. that it is uh, called ai for pharma and within uh, this uh, youtube account I publish all the um, all the videos. I, pr I produce a lot of video tutorials and also recording from the congresses uh, where uh, I am invited uh, as a as a speaker mm -hmm. or where I attend and listen to uh, other uh, expert opinions. Yeah, you've been traveling a lot recently too, as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My wife is telling me that I'm traveling too much. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome no, that's great yeah. but thank you again and do not forget to hit the like button and subscribe to my uh, channel podcast episodes are also available on spotify and apple Podcasts. and do not forget to check out my newsletter the ai healthcare report on linkedin this is dylan reed signing off thank you so much for your time and well much appreciated thank you very much my pleasure see you soon see you soon